0: Today we're continuing our series, uh, which is Eating with Jesus. So far, we've had two fantastic preachers from Anil and Colin, respectively, looking at different aspects of Jesus' ministry, interacting with lots of different aspects of society, and it's been really, really fascinating for me and insightful. Uh, And today's preach kind of follows on from what Colin was doing earlier, and we're looking at Matthew 26, verses 6 to 13. That's Matthew 26, verses 6 to 13. Before we start, there are a couple of questions um, that I'd like us just to consider and have in the back of our minds as we approach this message, and they are, what sacrifices have you made so far on your walk with Jesus? That's number one. And number two is, what do you think of when you hear the term kingdom mindset? So for those taking notes, the first question was, what sacrifices have you made on your walk with Jesus so far? And number two was, what do you think of when you hear the term kingdom mindset? My prayer is that we keep these points in the back of our mind when we listen to today's message. And I pray that there's something that will edify us all and that we'll get something from this individually and that Jesus will speak to us and that the Holy Spirit will continue to work in each and every one of us. Amen? Amen. With that being said, um, let's look at the word of God for today. Just as a side point, the, the word of God... It is the word of God, it's true, it's real, it speaks life into our circumstances. Whether you're having a good day or a bad day, the word of God speaks to all of us. And I think that's something that we should all come to with reverence. So in that regard, I would be grateful if we could all stand when we read God's word. I think there's something really special about the word of God, if you're able to. If not, absolutely fine. And we've got a special guest to read the verse for today. Latoya, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> um, And it should appear on the screen as well. Uh,
1: now, uh, now, when Jesus was at, Be- at Bethany in this house of Simon the Leaper, a woman came up to him and with with a ab- flask alabaster flask of very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he. Uh, As she poured it on his head, and they took the thirty. Wait, hold up! Sorry. As she poured it on his head, and he reclined at the table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, "Where was? Why waste? Why this waste? Sorry. For this could be who had been sold for a large sum and given to the poor, but Jesus was aware." of this and said to them why do you trouble the woman for she has done beautiful she has done a beautiful thing to me for you always have the poor with you but you do not always have me um, in pouring this ointment on my body she has done it to prepare me for my burial truly i say to you whatever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world what she has done what she has done will also be told in her memory of
0: her. Thank you. Um, I'm very grateful. I'm dyslexic, so that would have taken me like 10 years, so someone had to, someone had to do it. <laughs> uh, thank you for all standing with me with the word of God. Um, also, um, just as a side note again, amens, hallelujahs, praise the Lord's are all welcome here. Um, <laughs> Positive heckling, also welcome. <laughs> um, I think with any verse, it's, also, it's always important to kick off with a bit of context, just understand where we are in the bigger picture of the New Testament. So verse 6 kind of kicks us off and gives us a bit of an insight as to where we are. So that's two things. That's we're in Bethany and we're at Simon the Leper's house. Bethany, in terms of where we are in the ancient world, circa two miles from Jerusalem, just to kind of get bearings. Uh, it's about the distance from my house in Welling Green to where we are today, so a bit of bearings. (laughs) And in terms of Simon the Leper, I think this is the more interesting point in terms of the context. The text is specifically silent on who Simon is, but from what we understand from Levitical laws and the general time frame that lepers weren't supposed to host, we can assume with great confidence, as uh, Michael Green does in his commentary, that he was healed by Jesus. And I think there's something really special in that, Jesus spending time with people he healed, not just kind of healing and moving on, that he spent time and interacted and with those who needed him and those he healed. It wasn't kind of just a once and done service. It was very much a healed, spend time, know you, get to know you. And that's the, that's the that's the goal we've got. One of relation. And that's a really important kind of point to note. So the first key aspect we'll be looking at of two. The first one is the actual anointing, which takes take place in verse seven. And then after that, we'll be looking at the contrast between the disciples' response and Jesus' response. We'll be framing that in a mindset, i.e. pragmatic mindset of the disciples versus the kind of kingdom mindset that you see in Jesus looking at the things of above. Um, so <clears throat> continuing in, in verse 7. Verse 7, again, um, doesn't specify who the woman is. It just says the woman. But we know from John 12, um, it was Mary, which is the sister of Martha and Lazarus. The story is retold in Matthew, John, and also Mark. There is a separate anointing in Galilee, in Luke, just for those Bible scholars who want to take notes and look this up after. <laughs> also, I would, I would greatly encourage you to look at the text yourself. I think um, I'm just a man of God here giving you my interpretation, looking at the text and seeing what the Holy Spirit's saying. I think there's something really special in that. after this, taking it away, seeing what you think, testing what I say. I think that's the important thing, Test the proof is in the pudding. And I'd like to think that, um, yeah, this is of God. Sorry, lots of side notes. (laughs) But I think there's something, there's a real question for us to ask when we read that passage. The text is really silent again on the reasons why it just says she does the act, but there's nothing in the reasoning or the actual outlook behind it. It's just, this happens. And I think that the question that we've got to ask ourselves is, what Made her like actually do it, what evoked that response? What was it that she saw in Jesus in that particular point in time that ensured that she was going to pour out the ointment? It's very expensive. Again, Green comments that this could be a family heirloom, but we know that there's a specific expense and costly nature to the act, and the text is silent about that. And I would humbly submit that what Mary does in that is capture something of the essence and nature of Jesus that. Even in the here and now, we have thousands of years of literature pointing to Jesus and who he is, that he is the Redeemer, he is our Saviour, he's the Prince of Peace, he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we have all of that, but despite all of that, Mary in that particular moment in time was able to grasp something of that same nature without all of that. And I think that's something really special that we need to grasp hold of, in that despite all we have, there was something just looking at Jesus and seeing who he was and responding accordingly. And that's something that I think that we can all grasp hold of. And it sounds a bit abstract, right? Because Jesus isn't here in the flesh today, he's not with us in that same fleshly way. But I would also humbly submit that there are ways that we can individually all pour out our own ointments on Jesus in that same context and actually give something to Jesus that is expensive, that costs us something, that is of value to us. In our lives, all we have things that we put highly, we value highly, whether it's time, money, or activities. There's something in our life which we covet. And in mine, it's cycling, which I'll come on to a bit later. (laughs) But there is always something that we covet and that we actually sometimes, just through our own sin, put above Jesus. And I think that the passage is calling us to reevaluate that and see how we can pour our own ointments. I think that's a That's a real self-reflection moment for us all to consider what in our lives we're valuing really highly and whether Jesus is calling us to lay that down for him. In the worship, we were always talking about he's paid it all, he's done it all, he is the risen king. And Matthew really greatly put, like, what should our response be to that? Like, how do we engage with knowing what we know about Jesus? How do we engage with that? And how do we respond accordingly? And I would say that there's something in this passage about seeing something of Jesus and responding accordingly. And in that moment, Mary's response was pouring out an expensive ointment. And we've all got our own ointments to pour out. And I think that hopefully in response time we can have a bit of reflection to consider what those points are in our own lives. To bring it back to ground zero for us, I think that... For those sitting in church today, again, it can sound a little bit abstract. Um, how am I going to pull my own expensive appointment out? But there are people here today who, just coming to church, it's, it's a big deal. Whether you've had church hurt before or whether it's just physical or mental illness, just, just, just to get to here and just to be in the presence of God and the presence of God's people is a, is a sacrifice. It is something that takes a lot to be here. And that is your own expensive form of costly worship. That is the way that you honour God and that you say, although my circumstances are great and are challenging, I will put you first and I will pour out my ointment on you. And I think that, that's something that's really important in there um, for us. And for others, that's time, that's value. It seeps into our daily life. I think a lot of people here work really um, tiresome jobs whether it's school teachers or you work in sciences or sales or whatever there are jobs that take a lot from us and sometimes that doctors as well shout out Helen in the back sorry <laughs> um, that take a, that take a lot from us and that we have to kind of balance that and see how we can put our own ointments but there are sometimes just putting putting that aside and coming back to Jesus is always always worth it. So to bring it back to kind of me personally, I kind of alluded to my cycling interests. This is a bit of a a personal story. Um, I've been with KCC for two years now, um, married for also nearly two. It's my wife, beautiful wife, Rachel. Um, But before that, my life was very, very different. Um, So three years ago, pre-COVID, you would have never caught me at church. Like, that's just, that just wasn't me. Um, Christian home, Christian upbringing, but that, that's about it. Recognise that Jesus is Lord, but that kind of like, he's Lord when the exams are rough. And then everything else is, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, and I grew up cycling. Um, so road cycling specifically. Dad taught me from when I was a kid, um, seven or eight upwards, just racing training week in, week out. So um, commitment is like three or four times a week, Saturday, Sunday. There's no time for church. Um, but then COVID hit and things changed and Jesus picked me out of the miry clay and the challenge that is was then and still is now is the kind of the balance of that Jesus is Lord and that to respond to him accordingly means that I've got to put stuff down but that's really hard for me personally because cycling was and still is my passion. I've, started, I've taken up golf now so it's starting to change. It's starting to change. <laughs> but when you're competing at a really high level, regionals, um, nationals, you've got talent and you've got something that God has clearly given you. But just because God gives you some specific talent, sometimes there is a, an acknowledgement that you need to put something down. Yeah. And working through that, through the years of COVID and through ne- still now and through marriage, of that some things have to be laid down so that Jesus could be lifted high is something that, is really important, and I've seen it in my own life. And my prayer is that we would all look in our own lives and see what we might have to lay down so that we can lift Jesus high. Amen? Amen. Where have we got time? So um, and the second point I kind of wanted to come on to was um, the contrast between the disciples' response and Jesus' response. So the text is quite clear that the disciples, when they, when they saw the act, they were indignant, frustrated. For for a more commonly used term, there was something that they saw there that was unjust, not right, and didn't sit well with them. And that's that's a really interesting point that the text points out that in the here and now, the disciples were looking at kind of the ground level, that kind of micro level. That what could be, what could better be done with the ointment that she had, that was very expensive. It could be done again. The suggestion in the text is that should have been given to the poor, or could have been used for alternative means. But Jesus has a separate point and a contrasting point, which is really interesting. And I like to kind of term this as the kind of the pragmatic mindset of the the micro, kind of the disciples looking at the here and now and what they can see. Whereas Jesus has kind of got that that big macro view, that kind of the oversight view, that kingdom mindset as I like to call it, kind of thinking of the the things of above, looking at the way in which the act that Mary undertakes is part of a bigger picture and part of, part of God or, God's ordained plan for the whole of human history and to, to redeem us and save us all. As the text notes that this is done to prepare for Jesus for his burial. So something very special in the kind of the contrasting mindsets for us. And as I mentioned in the, the two questions was, what do you think of when you think of a kingdom mindset? I think that looking here at the way Jesus frames what she's done, That, to me, is the epitome of a kingdom mindset. The idea that we're looking at how each and every act we undertake has an eternal significance and has something special about it and that in each act we can do something for our Lord of lords and kings of kings and that Jesus recognised that. There's something really special in that when Mary poured it out, you can imagine at that point in time, She's done some, She's done such a great act. Something that potentially might have made her quite uncomfortable, and the response she gets is is quite a negative one. Jesus comes to her aid, and that's a really special point. I think someone's also flagged this to me. Wendy Mann also flagged the same point. I didn't steal it. We're just just Holy Spirit's aligning. That's it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, it's that in that moment we know that Jesus in. Our lives is our redeemer, protector, savior, all of those things. But in that moment, Mary needed a protector, and that's what Jesus did. He came to her aid, and that's a really special thing: is that in all of our circumstances, no matter what we're going through, there is something of Jesus and His character that will aid us. And in this moment, it was Jesus the protector. In some times, in some of your lives, it's going to be Jesus the provider, Jesus the redeemer, Jesus the savior, Jesus the Lord. It's always going to be something about the character of Jesus that will speak to you in your particular circumstance, and that's particularly important here. <clears throat> so bring it again back to Ground Zero. Like, what, what does that actually mean for us? Like, how do we apply that kind of like, kingdom mindset? What does that look like for us on a daily basis? I think for us, that's really about the idea of pray first, act second. I think that, to me, as a kind of practical thing that we can do to kind of implement that. Pray first, act second. I am personally very, very, as Rachel would attest to, guilty of the, the act first, pray second, and then hope, the, hope that the prayer covers the act, like the, the, the reverse. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm starting to try and get it right. Pray first, act second. Um, I think that, that that's definitely the epitome of, of what we're trying to do here. We're trying to look to God and then act second and in in, in that God will give us the answers we need. It might not be in the here and now, it might not be the right now. But there is something in the prayer that you prayed that will give you some form of guidance as to, to where to go next. And I think that that kingdom mindset of thinking about the eternal significance of all the actions we do, whether it's giving to the offering a new day, or whether it's serving on a Sunday, whether it's words or it's Giving a, giving a word that you, or a picture or something that you saw that you know your heart's pounding. You're like, I really want to give this, but I'm too nervous to get up and, and stand in front of the microphone. The internal significance of that, we don't know the internal significance of our acts, but we should be assured that God works in and through each and every single one of us and that taking that leap of faith, that small leap of faith that we do for those small acts is our kingdom mindset. It's that. Idea of that. I don't know if this picture is for anyone here, but it might, it might change something in their life. It might twig something. And me stepping out and taking that is looking, up, looking forward and looking at that kingdom mindset and looking at that vision and seeing that Jesus is Lord and that doing this is laying something down to lift him up. And that's what I think we should all do. Amen. Um, so to, to come into the land, that's actually quite. Yeah, coming to the land. Um, I would just say that Jesus is Lord. And I think that the two main takeaways from today are we have to sometimes lay something down to lift Jesus up. And Mary is a shining example of what sacrificial worship looks like, giving something up so that Jesus can be lifted high. And I think that in all of our lives, there is something that we can lay down to lift Jesus higher and higher and higher.